Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth, meaning, and beauty. My name is Chris Jimerson. I'm Minister for Program Development here at the church, and I have with me your wonderful lay leader, Tomas Medina, and we welcome each of you here this morning. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine within every person, and it's in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. It is also our tradition in Unitarian Universalist churches to begin our services by lighting a chalice, which is a symbol of our faith. Please join me in saying our words for lighting the chalice, which are printed in your order of service. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Good morning. Our uh, call to worship today is this place is sanctuary, and it's by the Reverend Kathleen McTeague. You who are brokenhearted, who woke today with the winds of despair, Whistling through your mind, come in. You who are brave but wounded, limping through life and hurting with every step, come in. You who are fearful, who live with shadows hovering over your shoulders, come in. This place is sanctuary, and it is for you. You who are filled with abundance and happiness overflowing, come in. You who walk through your world with lightness and grace, who woke this morning with strength and hope, you who have everything to give, come in. This place is your calling, a riverbank to channel the sweet waters of your life, the place where you are called by the world's need. Here we offer in love. Here we receive in gratitude. Here we make a circle from the great gifts of breath, attention, and purpose. Come in. Unitarian Universalism draws from all of the world's faith and wisdom traditions. We don't have a creed. We don't have a set of beliefs we all have to agree to. So sometimes people ask us, well, then what holds you together? Well, one thing that holds us together at this church is our mission. It's our common purpose, and we put it on the wall wherever we are, and we say it together every Sunday. Together we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Our meditative reading today is by the poet Rumi. In fact, stop everything. Get rid of all this stuff, even religion itself. Shut down the hubbub. Enter into the stillness at the heart of everything. The Sabbath that is the real temple, the silence that is God. Don't run in the sanctuary. You can't hear the silence when you're busy. There's no substitute for stillness. The offering God desires is your presence. Stop and wait upon the beloved. Breathe. This is the holy of holies. Destroy the temple of doing and let the temple of being rise up from within. Remember, the entrance door to the sanctuary is inside you. This is the time in our service where we find that stillness, 
We breathe together. And as we breathe together, let us send out compassion, healing wishes to those so devastated by the recent hurricane. Breathing together, we follow our breath to that deeper place inside, that wiser place, that sanctuary within which our spark of the divine dwells. And breathing together, we enter into a time of silence together, remembering that human sounds and the sounds of small children are a part of the silence in this congregation. Breathing in, breathing out, we enter that time of sacred silence together. Thank you. 
shadow thou art with me my heart's been torn on fields of battle thou art with me though my trust is gone and my faith not near Love sanctuary, thou art with me. That's the first verse of Austin-based singer-songwriter Eliza Gilkison's song, Sanctuary. She actually also wrote the beautiful song, Requiem, that you just heard. Brent and I didn't know that each of us was doing this, so the Holy Spirit seemed to be moving among us, I guess. I wanted to share this song, Sanctuary, with you this morning because even though I don't sing it anywhere near as well as she does, I think the song captures so much about the concept sanctuary and some of its different meanings. I saw Gilkison in concert once, and she mentioned that basically she has intentionally left the thou and thou art with me in the song in a sense of mystery and unknowing. More on this later. So, right now, our lifespan development, our religious education programs, are following a monthly theme-based format called Soul Matters. So, I decided to offer a worship service each month on the same theme that they're exploring through Soul Matters back in the faith development area. It didn't even occur to me when the theme for Soul Matters for October ended up being sanctuary that we would be in the state of not being able to use our church sanctuary so that the renovations and expansions can be completed. And so we find ourselves creating sanctuary here in this room, which was actually the church's original sanctuary many, many years ago. Now, on top of that, on November 11th, we will be creating sanctuary wherever we can because the entire building will be without electricity. We'll be letting you know soon where and what we'll be doing on November 11th, so stay tuned. I think, though, that this is actually one of the themes of Gilkinson's wonderful song and of our service today. While sanctuary sometimes refers to a physical place, we humans are capable of creating sanctuary wherever we may be and however we may need it. Anyway, as I said, none of this occurred to me when I was adopting the Soul Matters theme of sanctuary as our topic for today. It also never occurred to me that I would end up writing this sermon this past Friday, which just happened to be the 17th anniversary of my 39th birthday. It also didn't occur to me that today, October 14th, happens to be National Clergy Appreciation Day. (laughs) Just thought I would mention that. Anyway, our word sanctuary comes from the Latin root sanctus, which means holy, a place set aside for holy worship. Today, it also means a place or situation of refuge, protection, such as a bird or a nature sanctuary. And for we humans, it can also mean a place or circumstance where we find renewal of the mind, body, and spirit, a restoration of wholeness and integration. And this meaning of the word is related to the meaning of the Germanic root of the word holy. 
So when we think about what sanctuary means, what it means to be a people of sanctuary, as our faith development programs are examining this month, there is a rich tapestry of understanding to explore. One meaning of sanctuary that we have been actively engaged in here at First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin is the ancient tradition of temples and churches providing sanctuary, refuge to folks being wrongly persecuted by the government. Now, this tradition goes all the way back to the time of the Hebrew scriptures and has recurred again and again throughout the centuries and throughout the world. In the U.S., churches provided sanctuary along the Underground Railroad for slaves fleeing the South to seek freedom. Later, churches provided shelter for women's and civil rights leaders. In the 1970s, religious groups provided sanctuary to soldiers on leave from the Vietnam War who were refusing to go back to the war for ethical reasons. In the 1980s and 90s, churches provided sanctuary for refugees from civil war and political turmoil in several Central American countries when our government was refusing to provide asylum to these folks, even though our government and corporations were at least partially responsible for the situations causing them to have to flee their home countries to begin with. Now, of course... Today, we find ourselves with similar or even worse circumstances, and this church has stepped into that ancient tradition and offered sanctuary now to two different people whose very lives would be at risk if they were to be deported back to their home countries. We have also provided advice based on our sanctuary experiences to over 20 other Unitarian Universalist churches that have become sanctuary or sanctuary-supporting congregations, thus growing the sanctuary movement. I'm also pleased to report that Illyrio, who has been in sanctuary with us for more than a year now, along with Hilda, who has been in sanctuary at our partner church, St. Andrew's Presbyterian, will be filing applications for prosecutorial discretion, a stay of removal, which will keep them from being deported if it's granted. They're going down to the Immigration and Customs Enforcement offices in San Antonio later this upcoming week, accompanied by their attorneys and a small group of supporters. And they'll also have the benefit of a lot of congressional support that has been built on their behalf. Let's all hold them. Yes. Let's all hold them in love sanctuary this upcoming week. Now, as we discussed, another meaning of sanctuary is a physical place that we hold sacred, a place where we feel safer, where we connect with something larger than ourselves, a place where we can renew ourselves after the challenges of life and our world. As we discussed, that can be a church sanctuary, such as we have created here, but can also be any place or circumstance within which we find refuge and renewal. For me, sometimes it's a place in nature. It could be in the arms of a caring loved one, gardening in our backyard, listening to music that moves us, reading the words of our favorite poem, etc., Some folks also make it a practice to create sacred spaces, altars and such, and daily rituals within their own homes and families to make their home a place of sanctuary. What are the places and practices within which you find refuge and renewal? Do you have enough of them these days? 
How often do you spend time within them? Another way that can help us to build sanctuary is forming a sense of belonging and relationship. It can help us feel sanctuary and build sanctuary both for ourselves and others. When I was 12 years old, my grandparents gave me the gift of sanctuary. My parents were in the midst of a difficult divorce, and my mom was having to work a lot, so her parents took care of me and my brother and sister before and after school each day. At my grandparents' house, I always knew that I was loved. I always felt safe. I always knew that I would be taken care of. I was struggling over the divorce and my not-so-great relationship with my dad, and I was also having problems with some of my schoolmates because they were sensing that I was somehow different, though I don't think they or I yet knew that it was because I was a young gay kid growing up in a small, ultra-conservative southeast Texas town. Now, my grandparents loved to travel and would sometimes go out of town for a month or more. Right before they were about to go on one of their trips for the first time since the divorce, my grandfather took me aside and he gave me a key to their house. He said to me that I was welcome to go there anytime I needed to do so, even while they were out of town. They're providing me with that sanctuary, that place of escape and safety made such a huge difference for me as I moved through that difficult time. It was about having access to that physical place of refuge and safety, yes, but even more so, it was their gesture of love and understanding that created sanctuary for me. Finally, I think we create sanctuary when we take care of each other at an even larger level, when we tend to one another's wounds communally. I think of the way in which at this church we have worked to make ourselves a welcoming space for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex persons, people who so often have been hurt by religion in the past. Likewise, we're trying to tear down white supremacy, both within the church walls and beyond them, though we still have much work to do before us regarding this. I think of how we take care of each other, as Susan was talking to us about. Take care of each other when we get sick. Comfort one another when we encounter life's inevitable losses. Mark life's passages with one another. I think of how we help each other confront our own fears, challenges, and growing edges, as they called them when I was in seminary. And I think of how, on an even larger level, people create sanctuary for each other when natural disasters strike, such as the hurricane we have just witnessed or the raging fires we have seen recently in some of the western states. People coming together to create the chance for recovery and renewal for their fellow human beings who have been struck by such disaster. This is human love and compassion in action. This is us creating love's sanctuary. Here's a little more from Gilkinson's song. Through desolation's fire and fear's dark thunder, thou art with me. 
Through the sea of desires that drag me under, Thou art with me. Though I've been traded in like a souvenir, In love's sanctuary, Thou art with me. Now, so far I've talked about our human ability to create sanctuary, but I'd be remiss if I didn't also talk about our human tendency to create the need for sanctuary in the first place because of the evils we do to one another. So we've been talking about we have to create spaces and circumstances of sanctuary to help ourselves through life's inevitable challenges, hurts, losses, as well as to celebrate its joys. We create sanctuary in response to the ravages that sometimes come from our natural world. Far too often, though, we also find ourselves having to create sanctuary for the victims of the harmful behavior perpetrated by human beings. That's right. For far too many women, and not just a few men, the past weeks have felt like being traded in like some cheap souvenir, as Gilkinson puts it in her song, as people in positions of power, primarily white, wealthy men, dismissed and belittled stories of sexual harassment and assault. And so people have had to build Me Too and Time's Up movements to try to provide some relief from the abuse. We have to create shelters like Safe Place here in Austin for victims of domestic violence. Illyrio is forced to take sanctuary with us because he would likely be killed if our government were to deport him to his home country, even though our country helped create the horrible situation in El Salvador to begin with. We have to build shelters and legal services and a whole gamut of support structures for immigrants being so deplorably treated by our government. We have to cry out against children being held in tent city internment camps like the one here in Tornillo, Texas, after being forcibly taken from their parents. Scientists are forced to find ways to provide sanctuary, indeed save from extinction, species after species whose very continued existence is at threat because of what human beings are doing to their environment. And I could go on and on. Black Lives Matter and other groups that try to provide some relief from the injustices being committed by our criminal justice system against African Americans and people of color. Housing and basic needs assistance for families because their employers aren't paying them enough money to survive on. Refugee services for victims of war and genocide. Medical services for people who have no other way to get it. Services that provide sanctuary for elderly folks so often discarded and abused in our society. Well, again, I could go on and on. You know the list. You know the many ways people are having to create relief, renewal, some form of sanctuary for the victims of so many forms of abuse and societal neglect. It can feel pretty discouraging sometimes, can't it? It can be tempting to fall into despair. But that is exactly what an ideology that is on the rise throughout our world encourages despair. 
It is an ideology of scarcity, an ideology that sees life as a zero-sum game wherein there must be winners and losers, a cynical ideology that wants to keep us in doubt and off balance, an ideology that sees authoritarianism as the only way to maintain order. But my beloveds, we can take a different worldview. We can choose faith over despair. We can have an ideology, indeed a theology of abundance, a theology that says we are all in this together, a theology that envisions a world wherein we all thrive together, a theology based on compassion and love and that creates love sanctuary, knowing that the vow in love sanctuary with us is each other, a theology that says together, Together, we have this mystical ability to bring divine possibilities into being, into full realization, which in turn then offers back to us ever more creative and life-giving choices. That's a theology that will build a larger and larger sanctuary of beloved community in our world. I am so thankful that we have this place, not just the beautiful new physical space we will occupy again someday, I hope, (laughs) but more importantly, this religious community, a community where we can come to be in sanctuary together, to regain our bearings, renew our faith, nourish our often wounded souls so that we can go back out into our world and keep creating love sanctuary in that world. That's right, and we're going to do it too. (laughs) Through the doubter's gloom and the cynic's sneer, thou art with me. In the crowded rooms of a mind unclear, thou art with me. Though I'll walk for a while through a stream of tears, love sanctuary. Thou art with me in love sanctuary. Thou art with me in love sanctuary. Thou art with me. Amen. Now please join me in our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. I invite you to sing Comfort Me along with me for our benediction if you so wish. Comfort me. Comfort me, 
This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.